All right, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes here with our prospects expert, Lindsey Crosby, Locked On MLB Prospects, as a very, extremely, just out of the blue. I, I was not expecting, in fact, I made the pick, and it was more colloquial than anything, that the Reds would get the number 12 pick in the draft. And it'd be like, all right, we're picking 12th. That's fun. We'll see what we get. They're picking second. After a 0.9% chance of being the number one overall pick, they were one pick away. And firstly, before we jump into the, the oh my gosh, who can they get? Because they have so many options now with the number two pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to start with that first. Like, what was the reaction in the room when everybody's just like, Kansas City, six, Oakland, two or four? Whoa, whoa. Who was getting the number one pick? So, So what they don't tell you is a lot of team personnel are in the rows. So the actual Mm. drawing is done a couple hours before the broadcast, but the team officials who are on the stage are sequestered. They don't have their phones. They can't tell anybody. So nobody in the room, but the hosts and the people on stage actually know. Mm. And so I'm sitting there in the crowd and I'm sitting next to a guy from the Mets and I'm sitting next to a guy from the Cubs and behind me is a lady with, you know, like Arizona and, it's really interesting to kind of see the murmurs and people looking around as they start going through teams and they start eliminating folks. Uh, the Oakland folks were not happy. The White Sox guys were actually not happy because they didn't want to be a top six team. And, and and for those of you who are listening to Lockdown MD Prospects for this, we talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, and so it was a lot of people were surprised and shocked. And when it got down to when they announced the Rockies at three, it was just a lot of like a like murmuring, like, whoa. This is what were the odds of these two teams being up at one and at two. So really exciting, uh, fun to be in the room. And what they didn't tell you is every time the camera cut away to the, to the, the crew, uh, Brad Paisley's chucking those, those cards at full speed into the crowd. It was hilarious. <laughs> and, and I mean, honestly, Devin Mezzarocco, as far as his career was a very up and down career as a Cincinnati red, but he's kind of going to go down as like a, a, a folk hero almost now, because he actually tweeted hours before the lottery that he was going to go up and appeal to the, to the draft gods for all of his surgeries and his, his time that he spent on the IL to give the Reds a top three pick. It worked. They listened. They listened. <laughs> the, the draft gods listen. And now the Reds have an opportunity. There, there's, there's a lot of interesting guys here. I've seen some names. I haven't really started to, to dive in on this. You and uh, both our friend Jeff Ellis over at Lockdown Guardians are, are draft experts for Lockdown MLB. So with the number two pick, I mean, obviously the the Guardians are going to get top pick, but we get like second top pick. I'm I'm looking at this from the most optimistic point of view ever, but I know that there's options for the Reds, right? Yeah, and and the big thing you always want to know about the very top of the draft, I know you guys aren't used to being here, it's kind of cool, is every draft is defined by the size of that top tier. And in this Mm. case, as of now, early December, it's a top three. So you guys are at two. You're going to get one of those guys. Uh, and looking at the three, your options are Nick Kurtz, the first baseman for Wake Forest, uh, and then two second basemen, Travis Bizarra from Oregon State and J.J. Weatherholt from West Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Bizarra is going to be playing some shortstop this year. And as we stand right now, if this board does not change, he is a 99.9% lock to go to Cleveland. He has, they are a very heavy model team. They have computer models for making these picks. 
and he hits every single box that they love in their models. I've already talked to Jeff Ellis about it. We both agree that would be the pick as of now. So your choice comes down to first baseman Nick Kurtz of West Virginia or J.J. Weatherholt, the second baseman out of West Virginia. Uh, mm. So Kurtz from Wake Forest, Weatherholt from West Virginia, they're both offensive first players. The question is more of what skill do you value more? Kurtz has some of the best raw power in this entire class, just massive offense. That is his thing. Uh, J.J. Weatherholt is very, very good power, not as good as Kurtz, but he mm. also has uh, very good contact ability. He can use the whole field. He's not one of those guys that pulls all of his home runs. And so position doesn't matter this high in the draft. The question is, do you want the purest of pure power hitters or do you want a more well-rounded offensive option at the second overall pick? I know that position doesn't quite matter, but find yourself a middle infielder that Nick Crawl doesn't want to select. And <laughs> I, I don't know who that person is. So it might end up being Weatherholt. Um, and, and I know that we, we kind of talked about this off air. I mean, you got the, you got the big three, you got the, the Bulbasaur, the Charmander and the, and the uh, Squirtle of it all. But there's a couple of dark horses that could sneak up in there. There's a pitcher, there's, there's a couple of outfielders. And like we always talk about this with the MLB draft. You really don't pick based on your current positional need. Like right. most Reds fans would say they, they need an outfielder, they need pitching, like things like that. But you're drafting for two, three, four, five years down the road. So that's not necessarily going to be the case here. But could there be somebody that sneaks in there and at least puts some doubt as to whether it would be Kurtz or Weatherhold? Yeah, so, uh, and you're right on on the money with you're not drafting for what you need now. You're drafting for a couple years from now. Uh, a college guy, which I'm going to tell you, take a college guy because this is the draft to get a college bat versus going and getting a preps or something like that. But it's it's two seasons at best, usually three. The two outfielders that have a chance to rise into that top three and make that a you know a big five or something like that, Vance Honeycutt from North Carolina and Charlie Condon from Georgia. And uh, both of them little bit of, of the reason they're not already in that top three is there's some lingering questions about these guys. I like Condon more than Honeycutt because of the types of questions. So Charlie Condon, the reason he's not necessarily there yet is weirdly he redshirted his freshman year. And that's typically not something that you see from a guy that's being considered for a first round pick, never mind top five overall. And so he had a phenomenal 2023. Uh, obviously like, won a bunch of awards, but it was something where we all, we have a limited track record on Charlie Condon versus somebody else. And that's kind of why he's not necessarily there in that top three yet. He's also a left fielder. So from a defensive perspective, there's a little bit of less value than a guy who can play center or even right field. So depending on what happens this year, he looks like he could be a power hitting outfielder. He also has some experience playing first base. So there's a versatile profile there, but Charlie Condon's one option. And then the other guy, Vance Honeycutt, he's the biggest potential, I guess, question because he gorgeous swing. He's done a really, really good job of showing speed, of showing power, of showing all five tools. But in two years in college baseball, he's also not batted 300 yet. And typically in college, when we're looking at offensive performers, we're looking for, are you hitting 20 home runs? Are you stealing 20 bases? And then your slash line is usually a three, four, five or a three, four, six or a three, four, seven. 
and he hasn't yet batted 300. He got pitched around a lot in 2023 in his second year, and so his batting average was closer to 250. And mm-hmm. so, it, and then his strikeout rate got better, but still not great. I want to say it was somewhere in the 20 percent. And so the question now is, uh, what does he do in that third in that draft year to show that he deserves to be a top three, top five pick? Uh, all of the tools are there. Um, we've seen the contact ability. We've seen the power. We've seen the speed, the defense, the arm is good. All of that stuff can play center field. But offensively, we have some questions about the overall package. And then because everybody wants to know about the arms, Chase Burns of Wake Forest is the top pitcher transferred uh, from Tennessee to Wake Forest. You guys just took a Wake Forest pitcher and read louder. So you're familiar right. with the school and, and what they do. Obviously, the pitching lab is a big part of why he transferred. So kind of streamlining his his mechanics, hoping to get the changeup looking a little bit better. Wake Forest guys have great changeups. Again, Rhett Louder. Uh, right. So he he's an option that would give you an upper 90s fastball, a really good slider that's kind of two-plane break down and away, and then a, and then a changeup should get better. He's your option there. And then the wild card, Jack Caglione of Florida, because he's a two-way player. First baseman and a left-handed pitcher, can hit 100. Uh, exit velos, if you trust Florida's numbers, there's questions about that, but exit velos of 115 in college, massive power, uh, has a little more raw than everybody else, but if he puts it together, which he might, he just looks like a phenomenal talent. So a couple different options. You're going to be watching a lot of uh, college baseball, I think, in the spring to see who uh, Cincinnati should take, and then obviously uh, any of your listeners can check out Locked and MB Prospects. We're talking about these guys just about every single week between now and the draft in July. It'll be interesting to see. I know the last time that the Reds had a number two overall pick, they picked a two-way guy, although they turned him into a pitcher rather <laughs> uh, quickly thereafter. But uh, Hunter Green, last number two overall pick. By worked out for you. This since, yeah, it worked out pretty well. And we will we'll definitely be talking a lot more about this as we get closer and closer to the draft. It's like six, seven months away. Sorry can't add seven months away but uh really excited to see the number two overall pick and Lindsay does have a lot more analysis of the draft lottery over on lockdown mob prospects make sure you jump over there right now <laughs> 